guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Coding podcast, the show where we discuss everything there is to know about app development. I'm your host, Rob J, and in today's episode, we speak to longtime app developer David Cruz about switching from web to app development, building apps for Android and Apple TV, and creating online coding courses. Now, on to the show. So, today's guest is David Cruz Anaya. He's labeled himself as that annoying Kotlin guy. He's a senior Android app developer with over four years experience. He's currently the lead of a five-man developer team, and he also runs his own code academy in both Spanish and English called Last React, where he trains junior Android developers to progress in their careers, occasionally crossing over to the dark side. These are his words, not mine, where he does a little native iOS. He's a Flutter enthusiast, and on top of all that, he's a part-time EDM producer. Let's go talk to David. That is a lot, a lot of stuff that you do. That's, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> it's not that much, you know, if you live my life, actually. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> How did you end up being an EDM music producer? And is this like, is, is this, are you going to be the, the next big thing or is this a hobby? No, or It's a hobby. When I, you know, when I had, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old, you know, I was, um, yeah, I was uh, doing some music, you know, I was playing the piano and all these things. I was doing some, you know, a kind of music which is called, you know, like a techno hardcore, things like that, you know, like a more techno, you know, disco and all these kind of things. So, yeah, it was, uh, in that time also was like a hobby. So I left, you know, I left that, you know, long time ago. And now, just because I want to do something aside to programming, you know, I just, uh, I see, you know, I come back and see how is the the new softwares, how is it, you know, how is it to make a music. And also, actually, it's very easy now make music if we compare with when I have 14, 15 years old. So, yeah, just I got a piano and uh, I start to do it, but it's only like a hobby. I'm not pretending to be the next, I don't know, you know, ADM producer, like a big bomb something like that but you never know right yeah well you know in the end uh, in the end i have no intention at all so i just i make the for me for example is i do a song i remasterize the song i release it and once it's released i totally lost the interest in the song (laughs) all right that's a nice way to go about it so we were saying maybe i think we met like four years ago and when i met you am i right in remembering that you were a web developer yeah i was doing um the current role, that role in that time, it was uh, HTML5 JavaScript game developer. You know, so it wasn't web. It was more like um, create games with JavaScript, you know, and the different frameworks, etc. So I was have no idea about doing websites. But yeah, the technology was exactly the same. Yeah. Okay. So how did that move into becoming an app developer? I, you know, for me, uh, programming itself in all the, you know, in all the aspects, for me, it's a, it's a, you know, it's my hobby. It's what is what I like to do. So I was doing, you know, besides doing, you know, JavaScript and things like that. I was doing I mean, my first steps in Android, in iOS, and also in that time was uh, Cordova, you know, <laughs> phone gap Cordova. Imagine in that situation. So um, yeah, um, when you know, in 2014, you know, the the company where I was working with, where I met you, that. Um, you know, they they told me the you know the the JavaScript team is gonna be you know it's gonna disappear in a few months. So they offered me the chance to uh, to move to Android because they actually looking for one member more. Say okay, you can move to Android or you will find out soon you're gonna be redundant. So <laughs> was easy <laughs> easy choice for me. Easy choice. Okay, got it. So I yeah, it. in that time, you know, in the in that time, so, uh, so I make uh, you know I make the easy step. You know, I make the interview. And I'm, I try to make, you know, some kind of junior, um, you know, like a test, 
And yeah, I got, I got the job and I, I started that. Yeah, from what I remember, you learned very quickly. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I think, uh, you know, that, that company was a very good, very good company for start. Not a very good company to say, but for starting, it was, it was perfect. And thanks to that, you know, I'm, uh, I learn and I have some practice and I, you know, experiment a lot in Android, in the, you know, with the Java in that time and all these things. So how, how, different, how different would you say is coming from doing HTML5 and JavaScript and that kind of stuff to building apps? It is very different because, you know, one of the things uh, uh, in uh, JavaScript and all these things, you practically don't, you don't care much about context, about, you know, where I'm going to develop my, you know, my code. You practically, you can, yeah, you can write the code uh, in that time, you know, in that, uh, you know, with that framework, you practically write all the code in same file and then you just run it. Yeah, some, you know, not many times you need to write another, you know, in another files, etc. So if you want to do some CSS animations, things like this. So it was kind of easy. You know, it was kind of, you know, I can you know, I can I can say you know, it was kind of easy. You know, do the games in with that framework, etc. In Android, when I jumped to Android, I was totally I was totally new in Java. I was have no idea about Java. So concepts like context, separation of the files. You know, why one file should be a presenter, a one and why one file. You know, I have no context. So another file was a view. It was totally new for me. It was uh, like a yeah was very, very hard to understand in that specific situation. With the time, you know, I understand it. And I, you know, I was developed, you know, I will, I will try myself, you know, to adapt myself to the new, to these new platforms and things like this. But yeah, so it was really, really different, you know. Um, and also we can say, you know, with JavaScript and CSS, I was doing my first steps, you know, very long time ago. So I was doing the small websites with uh, Joomla and uh, doing small animations with CSS. So it wasn't, you know, the curve of, le of learning, it was very easy, you know, in that time. And uh, in Android, for example, it was totally different. I just, uh, I started to, uh, start to develop something in Android and I jumped to a job. So it was, I need to learn at the same time to do some tasks. So yeah, it was very, very different. And you've done, you've done work on like Fire TV and Android TV apps as well, right? Yes. And I do also in the Apple TV. <laughs> and <Android. laughs> I'm going to get, I'm going to get to that. Don't worry. <laughs> yes. Android TV. Um, yeah. Uh, Fire TV and Android TV practically is the same. The only difference um, I can find, you know, between, you know, develop for diff uh, that uh, two different platforms is if you want to, if you want to uh, use uh, Play Services, Google Play Services, then with Fire TV, you probably will not <laughs> because they want to tell you, oh, you need, yeah, you need, a, you need Google Play. So how, how difficult is it to build a, an app for TV than it is to build one for a phone? It's, it's much easier, actually. Oh, uh, really? Yes, because, for example, when you actually develop for a, for, a, for, a, for a TV, for example, and how it looks in the emulator is going to be how it look, it's going to look in every single screen. Right. You know, it is no difference. So, and you know, for example, in a, in the mobile, you need to, you need to um, care about the, uh, how, you know, the resolution and the, you know, the dimensions of the, of the device, the screen, and all this kind of thing. In TV, no. In TV, this, it, it looks it look like this. It's going to look like this forever, everywhere. Gotcha. Yeah, that must make it so much easier. That's a really good yeah, point. Much easier, yeah. So, so what's so? Yeah, I guess. How do you find it building for iOS and building for Android? Because I've obviously I've only ever done Android, and the only iOS exposure I have is working with other teams. And obviously, like, I'm biased, so I always come off with the opinion that Android is so much easier to develop. But um, you've you've done both. So, what, what would you say? 
Um, uh, you know, I'm not an expert in iOS. I just I did, you know, um, you know, the company where I work right now. You know, they sometimes, you know, they need some help. You know, they probably if they need uh, extra hand, etc. You know, I, I'm happy to jump and help them. But I'm not, I'm not an expert. The only thing I can say is, um, it's very different. You know, it's very different in the context. You know, in the context of um, um, how you implement it, how you implement because in, in iOS you have extensions. You can actually have a file and then you have an extension of the file and you have another extension of the file and it's going like this. So it's just it's just getting familiar with the uh, with the way of development and that's all. But in the end, now with Swift, Swift is more like Kotlin. So even you know it's like you speak Spanish and Italian and you want to understand Italian. Okay. Um, it's different, but in the same time, it's not that different. You know, you can if you make some effort, you can understand. You can understand each other. So, so then, I guess, and another point following on from that is what makes you that annoying Kotlin guy? Because this is how you described yourself. So, so I'm interested to know. <laughs> so, um, so long time ago, before even Google, you know, um, you know, release this one. Ah, okay, we're gonna start to offer support for Kotlin and all this kind of thing. So I tried to push, you know, start to development Kotlin. So um, in the company, in the company where we're working together, so I start to tell them, look, you know, Kotlin is amazing. We just, you know, we need to explore, you know, this Kotlin, etc. So they will say, no, 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 this is because you need to add a plugin, you need to add this. It's not gonna be, it's not be worth, etc. So I was trying to push in everywhere where I go. So Google once, you know, they they say, okay, we're gonna start to offer support for Kotlin. And I start to tell, you know, I was the first guy to start to tell everyone, look, you know, they say it's going to be Kotlin. So just expect in one year, they're going to start to move to Kotlin straight away. They don't want to be in Java. And everyone's like, oh, you are so apocalyptic. It's like, no, I was annoying everyone with Kotlin, Kotlin, Kotlin. And now it's like, and now everything is Kotlin. And <laughs> I told them, what's, now what? <laughs> so it's not, it's not so much that you're the annoying Kotlin guy. It's just that you were the first person to the party. I'm like a, uh, the the Kotlin prophet, we can call it that way. <laughs> okay, okay, I got it. I like that. <laughs> no, just kidding. So yeah, um, and also you know, for me, um, I think it's I think it's because um, I st- I start to adopt Swift from the very early stages, and Kotlin it was is is more like. So I was just, you know for me it was very you know the, the learning curve for learn Kotlin, you know it was much easier. So the thing is, yeah, if you know if you know Swift. Then it's not like a, you know Kotlin, but you know it's more. Like, so you can actually cross platform very easy, you know, between both. So would you say that goes both ways? If you know Kotlin, you've got a good chance of learning Swift. Yeah, you have a good chance of learning Swift. You know, it's gonna it's, gonna, it's working in both ways. You know, if uh, it's the learn, you know, the the curve of learning is uh, is you know it's not that much. The only thing is you need to, of course, you need to adapt to the you know uh, what's the layout in iOS and all these kind of things. Um, you know, like view, you know, be controllers and things like that. So once you understand, you know, the differences, how once you know how to do in iOS and how to do it in Android, then you know it's, it's kind of easy. And also, there is a website which is called Swift is like Kotlin or something like this, where they actually explain to you what is the difference between the both platforms. So you know, this is let, this is a constant. And this is a this is how it's in Swift, and actually the difference is not that much. Just just like syntax, right? Different exactly. different naming and stuff. Yeah. I was saying, you know, there is, a, and also Kotlin right now they start they, uh, you know, JetBrains. They, I think they started to do something called multi-platform, something like this, like a Kotlin native. So uh, yeah, so practically with Kotlin you can actually make uh, iOS also. Yeah. There is no stable version anyway, but uh, it looks like it's gonna be in the future. So it's uh, something to to consider. All right, so. 
I want to move on to talking about your courses because so I was looking at your LinkedIn and you you've done some Udemy stuff. Um, I know you're doing Last React now, and I've seen you posting um, pictures and videos on Instagram of you recording videos. Um, so what made you decide to do that? Um, one of the things I see lacking in this, uh, in, you know, in the learning services, we can call it the way, and in academies, is in all the academies, they say, oh, we're going we're gonna to train you for zero to hero, you know, in, in Android. And that's perfectly fine, you know, if you just started. But at some point, you are not just starting. You are just interested in one specific topic, in one specific feature. And this is one of the things I don't see that often. So, for example, in my, for me, in my situation, let's see, let's think, for example, I want to learn Dagger. But I don't want to learn Dagger, how to use Dagger. I want to understand what is Dagger. And I want to know why I should use Dagger and what is everything it can offer me, you know. And that is a specific thing. So uh, for me, it's like I would love to find this kind of courses just for that specific topic. Unit test. Okay, you want the unit test in JUnit. Perfect. So explain to me what is an uh, before and explain to me what is an after and how I need to approach all the unit testing or how I can approach you know, different scenarios of testing. So this is one of the things I like. Normally, courses, you can find you know, online courses. They, they explain to you a few things and that's it. And that's perfectly fine, you know, if you want to just, you know, um, if you want to put in your CV, like, uh, you know, okay, I know uh, I know the unit, yeah, but, you know, the, sometimes, you know, all these technologies, frameworks, libraries, etc., they have more to offer than a just um, a small thing, you know, like a very basics. I gotcha. So it's breaking down the, the smaller topics into more detail. Exactly. So uh, I have one, uh, the only course I have in Udemy, it's more for use um, uh, butter knife in Kotlin itself. It's in Spanish, anyway. But now it don't make too much sense. You know, it's free and all these things. So, uh, you know, just leave it there for free. Everyone can, can see it. And the thing is, what I did is I go through the, the, all the documentation from top to bottom, and I start to explain, look, this is how you can do it without butter knife, and this is how you can do it in butter knife. But uh, I go through all the documentation. So I explain all the documentation from top to bottom. So it's like um, if you want to know how butter knife, which is now is not makes so much sense if you are not doing it in Java. But if you want to know butter knife, there is all about butter knife. There is nothing else can offer you butter knife is knowing that course. So it's, it's the A to Z of everything you can do with butter knife. Exactly. So everything you can uh, butter knife can offer you is there. You know, in Kotlin, and Java. So how I guess question is how do you put those courses together and how do you like what's the recording process like for that? For me, recording process is first of all, you know, I need to understand properly what I'm going to teach. Uh, yeah, um, uh, this is this, this is for me is my first step. Okay, um, probably I can consider myself a Kotlin expert. We can create that way because I got the certificate, etc. But uh, I need to understand specifically what I'm gonna teach. So I'm gonna I write from top to bottom what I you know what is gonna be all all you know all the topics I'm gonna cover. Then I start to wrap. Depends of the, if the topic is really small. Maybe I can wrap two topics together or things like this. And then I go and try to understand. Every every topic, you know, I try to understand every topic. I make the practice, and I make you know, I'm, I make sure all you know my knowledge about that specific topic is solid. And after that, I start to explain to myself, you know, and I try to make sense, you know, how I'm gonna this one. After you know, and I start writing down you know, some kind of script about, you know, I explain this way, and I send it to probably I will send it to one of my friends, or I probably I will read it the next day and see if it makes sense, etc. And then when this one, I try to uh, make some, like a, I call like a, like a very dirty uh, recording. 
So I, you know, I, I just I recorded myself, you know, without no cuts, try to explain myself how is this one, and I start to record in, you know, the screen and make the practices, all these kind of things. And uh, later on, you know, I'm going to watch and see if, you know, if actually makes sense what I'm saying or, you know, if the script, you know, what I, the script I made, you know, was correct or if I, if I left something or I was a little bit nervous, etc. What's the timeline on, say, your average course from the time you start recording it? How long does that take to finish? Um, normally, it normally it takes to f- maybe for, depends of the, depends of the topic. For example, the Kotlin. One, it took me two weeks, actually, you know, uh, to, rec- to record it. Um, more because, you know, before it was the first time, you know, what, uh, what I did. And actually, you know, I was doing with, uh, practically without no script. I record, you know, I record a video. If it makes sense, I st- the video will stay there. And if it's not makes sense, I will drop it down and record it again and all these kind of things. So in the end, i uh, watching some videos in YouTube some di- from different people who teach, different topics, no need to be programming. And uh, yeah, and it just I release it. Um, it just I see that that videos itself, and I learn from them. So the, I see the potential of r- having a script. You know, when you want to, you know, you don't want to left nothing. You know, you don't want to left nothing out. So you just get the, the script, you write the script, and then when you write in it, then you see, oh, you know, I need to explain this one also. I need to explain this one. Also. Uh, you just complete it in this one. So later on, you know, you just need to read. You know, make it natural, but you need to read. You know, all the all the all the aspects of your script. So you've done some Udemy stuff and then you've got your website, Last React, which has different courses in English and Spanish. Is that right? Yes, I have lastreact.com, which is everything in English. And I have lastreact.s, which is Spanish and uh, everything that is in Spanish. I always make sure my courses are in English and Spanish in the same time. So I don't discriminate, you know, in this one. So this is a topic that I end up talking to a lot of developers about. Um, what do you think about being a freelance developer versus being a full-time developer, what are your thoughts on that? I think, uh, you know, I think uh, both of them have, so both of the approaches is have uh, pros and cons, okay? So if you, are, if you are a full-time developer, then you are like a normal worker. You know, to be honest with you, if you, you have no much, um, how I can say, um, it is not satisfactory. That way, you know, you start in one office, nine to five, then you finish, go home, that's it, nothing else. Okay, you have your salary at the end of the month, and you don't need to worry. You have your, you're going to have your salary, salary there. But, you know, if you're a freelancer, you can ha- actually have a little bit of ownership of that application itself. So, in the end, but in the, from the other side, you know, from the other side, if you're a freelancer, you know, you, your job is going to be more um, um, sporadic. You know, you can have a job today, but maybe no job for, for tomorrow. You know what I mean? So it is depends on the person. I think it depends on the personality of the developer. If you, you know, if you are not scared to, to be jobless and you, you know, and you want to be, you know, you, you want to have more ownership about the application you are made in and all these kind of things, freelancing is for you, definitely. But if you are scared about, you know, if you're going to be jobless, maybe you're gonna, you don't want to find a job tomorrow and you want to have some kind of stability, then full-time is, your, you know, is definitely what you need to look for. So you mentioned that you are the lead of a five-man developer team. Are there, is this a, is this, is all Android or is this a mix of developers? No, no, it's Android, only Android. In my, you know, where I work, yeah, I only do Android. It's just, you know, sometimes, um, sometimes actually we go very fast and uh, we complete the sprints very early and we don't have many bugs back. So um, sometimes it's like, a, I do prefer instead of, uh, you know, um, doing nothing 
I do prefer to chat and say, hey, you know, do you need some help there? You know, um, so, I, so I was going to ask how you find being a lead developer as opposed to being underneath a lead developer. For me, for example, is the only difference between, in, so the, the only difference I try to make in my team is like, uh, um, of course, you know, for all the developers, it, don't matter, it doesn't matter, you know, which, is, which level they have. I don't, I don't mind if they're juniors or mids or seniors. I don't, I don't, I don't mind that. For me, it's like a, um, everyone has a voice. Everyone, if you say something, you know, we want to consider. But in the end, if we have some disagreements, what I'm saying is what it's going to be. So this is not a democracy. This is, <laughs> this is a, <laughs> a monarchy. You can have your president, etc. You can vote, you can do this, etc. But I'm king. So if something goes wrong, it is my, it is my neck. It's going to chop off. <laughs> so, you know, I'm always, you know, um, you know, I'm very lucky because in, with my team because everyone is very efficient and very good developer. So, you know, depends of, you know, the different fields, different areas, but everyone is, everyone is very, very nice. However, you know, sometimes we disagree. We disagree on this, we disagree on that, etc. So when we disagree, I decide, okay, we're going to go in this way. And there is no discussion about that. So, so far, we've, we've established that you're the Kotlin prophet and you're also the king. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kotlin prophet. <laughs> no. But yeah, you know, um, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing, to be honest with you, it doesn't happen too often. It was happening, I think, a couple of times or three times when I need to, you know, go in one way or another way. But in the end, you know, we, uh, yeah, you know, um, in the end, you know, everyone have a voice. You know, it's not like uh, we're going to do this one because I want to. No, it's because at the end of the disagreement, we're not going to be days and days and days disagreement, you know, and discussions about this one now. In the end, at some point, you need to cut. So we can agree. Yeah, I agree. I think you have to, you have to hear everyone's opinions. And then if, if you can't come to a consensus, then you make the decision based on everything that you've heard. Yeah, that's a good way to go about it. So last couple of questions. Um, what is the most interesting technology or library or anything recently that you've, that you've worked with or that you've come across? So you said, you know, you saw Kotlin come in a long time before everyone else. So I guess, is there anything that you're using now or that you've used that is, you think is going to be the next big thing for whatever that happens to be? Um, no, actually, you know, um, uh, for example, well, Kotlin, you know, in Kotlin, it wasn't, you know, when I said about the Kotlin before, it wasn't because I, it's because I was loving it too much. You know, I was like, oh, you know, Kotlin is amazing. You know, we should adapt it. Even, you know, probably in the future, it's never going to be, you know, probably in the future, probably I'm wrong, you know, about Kotlin, et cetera. But, you know, I was loving Kotlin that much. I was thinking, you know, we need to at least try or, you know, some, something like this. Um, right now, you know, in Android, um, or it can be any technology or, or only Android. Anything you know, I gonna be, uh, I will tell you, uh, it's gonna be Flutter. Flutter is gonna be, you know, uh, slow. It's not gonna see. It's gonna. It's, it doesn't gonna take over Android or, or iOS in the same time. But the thing is, I'm doing. I'm doing for a year and a half now. You know, things in Flutter, um, and the thing is really easy, and the performance is just amazing. Um, you know, and you do for Android and you do it for iOS in the same time. And also, if you want to use libraries, native libraries, or you want to use native code, you can actually use it for both platforms. And I'm just impressed of how easy it is to develop applications with Flutter. So it's, I do believe it's going to be the big, you know, the big thing. Okay, so give me give me a brief because I don't know too much about it. A brief overview of what is Flutter because to me it sounds like is it like React Native? So uh, the concept it is practically the same. Okay, that's, you know, uh, from all sides, you know, from the human side, we can go in that way. 
Okay, you, just, you know, um, React Native, you just create components and you reuse components everywhere. The difference between uh, React Native and Flutter is React Native, uh, he transpiles the JavaScript and he creates from that JavaScript a native component, okay? In, in Flutter, no. In Flutter, what is happened, uh, you know, what's happening in the background is he create this one in, in C, okay, in the, in the runtime. Um, and uh, it's actually, it, it is no Android, it is, it is no iOS, it is it's compiled, you know, it's like a, it's a C platform, you know. So actually you can have material, you can have, you can have material designs in, uh, in, uh, in Android, sorry, you can have material designs in iOS, or you can have Cupertino uh, design in Android, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't, and um, for example, in your React Native, actually, if you create one list, it's going to be a list in Cupertino for, uh, for iOS, and it's going to be a list, uh, you know, like an, a recycled view for Android. So this is the way. But in this case, no, in this case, it's like a, if you chose to be material dialogue, sorry, material design, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be material design, you know, for all the, for the both platforms. And it's, um, yeah, and to be honest, and to be honest the, the performance is just amazing. You know, the perform, um, it's, you know, with uh, React Native, the problem I had is um, sometimes it looks nice in one device and not nice in another device. Sometimes, you know, you can, you know, in the emulator, in the emulator looks nice, but not looks nice in, other, in the normal device. But with Flutter, that doesn't happen. And if it's happened, I do not know. I'm telling you, you know, it's just working nice everywhere. And it's, it's just amazing, you know, how it works. Is, is Flutter, so in terms of language, is that similar to Kotlin or Swift or is it a totally different? It's, uh, it is like Java. Like Java. It is like Java. So um, we can call it like a kind of mixture. Um, I always compare it with Java itself, okay? Because you can actually, uh, if you want to, just to give an example, you know, a very silly example, but um, if you want to create a variable which is a string, you can actually call the string the, and you put the name equal and you put any string you want, okay? But in the same time, you can actually, you can actually call a final and you can actually call bar, for example, like a JavaScript. So it is, um, if you put bar, you can put there whatever you want to. If you put string, it should be in a string, you know, and things like this. So it's, it's, we can say, you know, it's like a mixture between Java and uh, JavaScript. Okay. Okay. So if you know Java or JavaScript, then you've got a good chance of getting on, on board with Flutter. Okay, cool. Well, I know Java, so I guess I could give it a go. Yeah, no. <laughs> of course. I know you know Java. You are the best in Java. <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, you know, if you know Java, um, the, the learning curve is going to be really, really low. It's going to be, and I'm telling you, it's, I'm just impressed. You know, every time, I, and uh, it's, the only thing is the framework itself is really, really new and uh, is evolved very much and very quick. And sometimes when you do something, um, it changes in a few months and you need to recycle that knowledge and all this kind of thing. So it, it is happening, you know, it happens when something is very new. But in the same time, it's like it's have a lot of potential. And I do believe many companies will adopt Flutter. You know, if a companies who before risk uh, and start to doing things in React Native, I think they're going to change and they're going to do Flutter. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a good shout. I could see that happening, definitely. Okay, last, last few questions. So just a fun one. What machine do you use to work on? Uh, I have a MacBook Pro, <laughs> 2018. <laughs> okay, very nice. Okay, so we're, we're on to the, the last question. So in, in your opinion, what separates an okay developer from a great developer? Um, an okay developer? Okay. That's kind of easy. Um, for me, for me uh, you know, okay developer for a great developer is how, you know, 
how good is your code, how maintainable it's going to be in the future. Because let's be honest, you know, everyone can, everyone learn, you know how to do a variable, how to do a function, how to do a few things like this. And you can write one, you know, you can open one file and write all your code there. It's going to work. Yeah, it's going to work, of course. But the thing is that it's not maintainable. That's, you know, if you do that, then probably you are okay developer because, you know, your application will work or your program will. But if you can make that and clean enough to be maintainable with the time, then I think you're great, you know, in this one. Um, that's just a, 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 we can call it as a single developer. You know, that's my own opinion, of course. Um, how is, but if you're going to work in a team, you know, you need to have something else. And uh, for me, you know, if you want to be a great developer and uh, be a very good team player, you should be open to feedback, which is sometimes very hard to find out, you know, in, the, in, uh, in, this, in this job. Many people are very bright with their PRs. If you make just one comment, they just get mad just because of that comment. Because so, they think it's perfect, right? It works. It does exactly what you wanted, and this is the best I can do, so it must be perfect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, but the thing is, um, I think when someone takes their time to review your, your code and to, to give you a feedback, you know, when they do that, it's like, a, you know, I'm taking my time to, to you know, to, to teach you something, you know. It's going to be for free. So maybe, you know, if you just listen to me and uh, this one, it probably you will learn something else. That not means I'm always right and you're wrong. That means I have another point of view. It probably you will see why and probably you will learn from that. You know, it's, it's just um, a small thing that is. If you, if you want to be a great developer and you want to be a very good team player, you need to clean, make your code, your code, you know, clean and maintainable with the time. And, you know, you need to be welcome to feedback. If you have to do these two things, I think any company will hire you for any job. Definitely, definitely. That's a really good answer to that question. So the last the last question is, are there any projects that you're currently working on and where would you like people to be able to find you? Oh, okay. Uh, projects, um, to be honest, I spend all my time, you know, recording videos, you know, from them, from my next course. Um, and I'm doing, I'm doing now a course about how to use uh, Dagger and um, Alex Java and retrofit all together. I know it's uh, sometimes uh, it's, uh, you know, probably it's, it's not very advanced, but I try to make, you know, as I told you before about uh, Butterknife, I try to go through all the documentation and make it comprehensive as possible. So, so and also, you know, add unit tests and all this kind of thing, how you can actually use mock server to mock, you know, different different responses, all this kind of thing. So this is the, this is the project I'm working on right now. And yeah, you know, if someone want to want to find me, and uh, I have a I have my website, which is uh, davidcruz.co.uk. That is my personal one, you know, for any kind of any kind of uh, business, you know, contacting and all this kind of thing is going to contact there. And for my academy, is laxreact.com for English and laxreact.s for Spanish. So that's that's pretty much everything. And uh, for my music, as we say before, Spotify. <laughs> Okay, brilliant. <laughs> Spotify or whatever, you know, any streaming service is there. And we just search for your name. Exactly. The name is uh, is the two first letters of my name and surname. It's D-A-C-R-A-N. And uh, yeah, that can, yeah, and they can actually find the music there, but they do not expect to find, you know, the best song in your life. It's not. <laughs> It'll be very interesting to see how many people click through to your website as opposed to how many people want to listen to the music. Ah, that would, that would be amazing, you know, and if they put the music in loop, that's a, a more amazing. <laughs> 
big thank you to today's guest, David Cruz Anaya. You can find him and follow him on Instagram at D-A-C-R-A-N. Not sure how you're supposed to say that. Dakran. As always, you'll find the show notes as well as links to everything we talked about in today's episode at robj.me slash coffee and coding. If you like the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. Personally, I use Pocket Casts, so shout out to them. And if you really like the show, please do leave us a five star review. It helps others find the show just like an app. The higher the rating, the more visible it becomes. And it makes us feel good. Finally, if you'd like to follow me online, you can find me everywhere at LowCarbRob or you can find me online at RobJ.me. And that's all from me. Thanks for listening. And I hope to catch you next week on the Coffee and Coding Podcast.